Welcome to the Cosmic Healing Podcast. This is the show for the soul who is excited to welcome in more freedom, abundance, and quantum healing in their life. Hi, I'm Vaughn. My magic is in treating all aspects of this human existence, mind, body, and spirit, because it is all connected. In this podcast, I will be sharing stories of transformation so you can know, witness, and understand what's possible for you too when we play together in the cosmos. Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to the Cosmic Healing Podcast. I have got Lita Brooks with me today, and we're kind of piggybacking off of the episode with Lillian a couple weeks ago, where she taught us all about our clothing and our, you know, self-expression through our clothes and all that stuff. And so Lita is an interior designer and has been a very successful one for like 23 years now. And she is also a very, very, very dear friend of mine. And we have been through many, many adventures and experiences together. And especially like through my, through our spiritual, um, you know, we were friends before, like my whole spiritual, like, and so she's been really knee deep with me and we have just been cheering and supporting each other on through the spiritual journey. And so I'm so excited to welcome Lita today to guide us through However, this conversation needs to go. So hello, Lita. Hello. I love that intro. We have been through a lot. Yeah. A lot. I just, I have to touch on, I'll never forget that night. We were at a restaurant and we just could not stop talking, but it, it was you just pouring saying, I just feel, I just, I feel like there's something I'm supposed to be doing and it's just in me and I feel it. And and we sat there and brainstormed all night about what that was. And, and here you are in all your glory and we're podcasting and you have all in the retreats and the people that you're helping. It's just this huge magical journey. And I'm just so blessed to be on it with you. Oh, thank you so much. And speaking of podcasting, you have a huge podcast called status life with Lita, right? And that's, that's it. Yes. Yep. Yes. And is life um, with Lita. it yes. is so good. And I'll make sure I put the links to that in the show notes and you cover well, thank you. everything you cover, like so many amazing topics in there. And so that's kind of like where this conversation was cultivated from. It really was. I listen to all your shows and I just every week that they come out, I'm like, oh, I got another new Vaughn show to listen to. And the one uh, that you mentioned about style. And I thought, you know, uh, I'm also speaking. I, I do do the podcast. I'm a lifestyle. Yes, by trade. I'm an interior designer. I graduated, you know, back in 2000. And I guess that shows my age with a degree from UGA with art and interior design. And, and I've been in my career, so I've been doing this for almost 23 years. Uh, but when I listened to that show, uh, oh, I was going to talk, I'm sorry, about the the blogging. So an interior designer by trade, but I'm a born teacher. I love to share my knowledge. I just, I feel like I have this gift with my voice and I, I love the public speaking. I've done, I've done some talks lately. I'm teaching design trends. And I talked a lot about decluttering and organizing and a little bit different than we're going to talk about today. But it's when I heard that podcast about the clothing style and cleaning out your closet and why we wear what we wear, I thought, okay, there's a lot 
to the way we keep our home. There's a lot. This is a lot to unpack. And I called you and I said, listen, we need to touch on this. Not even touch. We need to do a show on this. And here we are. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I'm so excited because once you mentioned it, I was like, of course, like, oh my gosh, like our, our home is a even bigger representation of us because it's all of our things that we hold on to, that we choose to take up space in our home. That's it. And, and for this conversation, we're going to call all of that, everything that makes up our home, we're going to call it our possessions, not talking about any people. I'm not talking about any animals. That is completely different. Today, we are talking about physical stuff that we keep in our homes and a deeper dive into how we keep that, why we keep that, uh, the organization of it, the trends of it. I mean, there's just so many different areas that this is going to hit on. And I think I should say, all right, I'm an interior designer and the magazines, the Pinterest, everything that I do can be very warm and fuzzy, right? It can be, I'm here to make and whatever you want. I'm here to listen to any client, any friend, anybody that uses my services. I listen very intently and I make that become their reality. I change their space. It's transformational. And I love that. And, and I'm born to do it. And I have this gift of vision. I can see a room complete. I can see the colors change. I can see different art on the walls. I can see different furniture even before the first thing has changed. It, 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 it truly is a gift. Um, I don't know why. I can walk in and just hear what your wants are. And then all of a sudden it, it really transforms before my eyes. And I understand that a lot of people don't have that gift. But what I was going to say even getting deeper into the possessions, what I've realized over all of these years is there is so much that people, they feel, I want to say shame. I want to say embarrassment. A lot of people are very hesitant to even ask for my help. Sometimes they feel like, well, I don't have that vision I don't know how to pull it all together. I want my house to look a certain way. And it, that is what I'm here for. I come with open arms. And I hope anyone, if, if you've sought out decorators, designers, architects, engineers, anyone to help you with your home, which like you said, Vaughn, is our most sacred place. I hope anyone you hire has that warm, open, loving spirit when you bring them in. Because I see people walk me through. Okay, I'll say, take me. Take, show me everything you want to show me, show me everything. I call it the kitchen sink, right? No pun intended, but show me everything. And then let's start working backwards on, on what we want to fix. But people will say, well, this was my mother's table and we have to figure out a way to work it in. But they say it with a little bit of reservation. Like, I know it's not beautiful and I know it's not trendy, but we have to keep it. Or this is my husband's recliner. This means something to him. We have to keep it. but. But there's so much hesitation and hesitation and the fear and the shame. It's all it's all in there. And what I was leading with was saying. If you're listening to this, when when your listeners listen to this podcast, it's not all warm and fuzzy. 
we're not showing the end result. We're about to take you through why you're holding on to these things, whether it's grief, whether it's memories, whether you have issues decluttering, you know, fear. I mean, all of these things uh, can be very challenging. And so this conversation is going to be more eye-opening in a challenging way, I think. And then Vaughn, you're going to jump in and tell us all how to heal it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Sure thing. (laughs) I'm well, like, it all out there. When you were saying that about the table, <laughs> I would like the the grandma table or whatever. I was like, so what? What do you do? Like, I what do you do with that in a situation like that where there's the hesitancy? Like, if they don't love the table and they really don't want it in their kitchen, like, how do you handle that situation? Um, because there is such a do out like I mean you're like dealing with totally separate like different of the end emotions there you have to of course the blanket statement is you handle it with grace right and so but let's dig deeper into specifically what process I would do um you go back to listening and almost ask them what would be kind of a mission statement and say all right how do you want this space to feel? If this is your kitchen area and you've got this table and you inherited it from your parents, is this obligation? Is this they've passed and this is grief? Do you remember this table as a child? Does this table hold memory for you? And are you holding on to those memories? Do you need to see it in your kitchen because you've seen it in your kitchen for your entire life? Or have you seen it long enough? Is this something that it's truly okay to maybe put it in the basement or we're ready to pass it on, put it on Facebook marketplace and let some college kids take it. And that really, you have to work through every single one of these possessions with people because possessions hold so much of us. Now, if you blanketly just needed a table and you bought one on Wayfair and it showed up and there was no attachment, maybe the money was not significant that you spent, the chairs were kind of wonky. That isn't, I call it the edit. That's an easy edit. This did not work for me. I'm going to push it out. I'm talking about the possessions that they really truly hold a deeper part of us that people have to go through a lot of these questions to themselves, right? Make that mission statement. What do you want your space to look like? How do you want it to feel? And if they answer some of those questions with, I just can't part with this. It was my mother's. It stays, period. It is too important. The sentimental memories are are too important. And so then we really have to tackle, okay, it may not be the right color. It may be stained or it may be painted or it might not be the right size. So now we have some design challenges and those for me are a lot easier. That's just problem solving. Okay. We can change colors. We can add pillows. We can throw a tablecloth over it. That does not scare me in any way, shape or form. And maybe it does someone else where they say, I don't know how to work it in. But again, that is not the deep, important meaning of why we're keeping it. That is just I have to keep it. Please make it look beautiful. Done. Okay. Um, But there are things 
that are much, much, much harder to get rid of. All right. So when you're asking, maybe you're taking a room, uh, whether you're doing it yourself or whether you've hired someone, you're taking a child's room and turning it into a teen room. And so you've got this life transition and your problem is you're having trouble. I'll call it the edit. Baby and children's items, especially from your children, are incredibly difficult to weed through. Now, clothing that may be a different size, okay, maybe that, you know, maybe that gets passed on. But for most people, their children's things hold those memories. And that's a really, really tough edit. Clothing in general can be a really, really tough edit. Um, Maybe it doesn't fit. You've talked about this, but you want it to fit. So you want to hold on to it as yeah. motivation, right? You know, the how we you went into that, you know, in another show. Of course, photographs, that is our most meaningful. You're seeing your memories, you're seeing your loved ones, magazines and books, because to people that represents knowledge. And it it can be overwhelming. Are you ever going to read all of these books or have you read them? And so now that knowledge is in, in your brain and now it's time for the books to move on. But all of these different areas, again, it can be very challenging um, because it all means something in a different way. Right. Yeah. Um, two things like back to the table really quick. Um, it, when you were speaking, oh my gosh, like I felt the emotion of guilt, like I, I like just tuning into the energy around that. I mean, it is guilt, right? Like that's usually why we hold on to things that we really don't want to hold on to. It's like, because, oh, I feel guilty getting rid of it. And, and guilt, I'd like to remind everyone is the lowest vibration, vibrational energy that there is out there you know like it is like literally well there's like there's a few but it's like really down there like it will pull your energy down is the guilt so I think that that is just so important like when it truly is you know that's a big moment of realization of like it, are you really truly attached to it like you said from your heart okay keep it great but if you're keeping it out of guilt that's when you got to get real with yourself and let that shit go because guilt will only weigh you down and weigh your home down and weigh your kitchen down. And every time you sit at that kitchen, it would bring back like that, you know, or look in your beautiful home and then see the thing and you're like, mm. um, so I, I just wanted to touch on that because that was definitely the emotion that came up during that conversation. Before then, you go to the second one, yeah. can I interject a story? And yeah. then, and I want to hear number two, but I think this is a really important when you just said the guilt and I love the storytelling. Um, I want to talk about Derek, my husband, and I want to talk about the guilt because this is what you just said. It's, it's the perfect story to visualize this. Okay. So we start dating. Uh, this is our one year anniversary of marriage. Aww. So we've been together. I know. Oh, happy anniversary. Believe it's right. yeah, I, I love him. there at that celebration. I know, I know. Anyway, so with that being said, we blended. We blended our families. We blended our lives. Um, he is a wonderful man, you know, a gift from the heavens to me. I just adore him. And when we started dating, but more specifically, when it was time to blend and we were selling his house and we were selling my house. I realized how much guilt Derek was carrying. Derek's parents 
especially his father had passed away very tragically uh, in, in front of Derek. He had a, a fall and an accident and he never recovered. And Derek was there and he had a tremendous amount of guilt about his father's death. And what that translated to was this big, beautiful home that Derek had. Uh, and, and he was a single dad. He, he raised his children by himself. And when his, his parents passed, uh, his mom passed very shortly after his dad and he inherited some of their furniture, just some of their possessions, some of their boxes, some of their things, but the guilt was so extreme. He couldn't look at any of it. All of it just got piled up, but then more got piled up and more got piled up and ever and it became so overwhelming he wasn't able to even see it with clarity. It was a little bit of guilt came to a tremendous amount of guilt came to an overwhelming situation. You know, the garage, it, it just, again, it's one of those, we have some problem areas in our house that we haven't touched on yet, but the garage is one of them. And again, they, they pass away. All the stuff gets piled up there. You don't want to touch it because of the, the fear and the emotional bonds and the trauma and the guilt and then it it just brought all this tremendous stuck energy. And it really took me as his loving person and as someone who sees this really well, who can organize really well, um, categorize, right? This is my job to come in. And I didn't only notice the problem that we had with the physical possessions. I noticed the problem he had with the guilt and the shame and the trauma. And we had to, we had to, we had to undo all that. I mean, very, it, it was a slow process. The the moving and the packing and the organizing, it, it was really, really difficult for Derek in a way that it wasn't for me when we did my house. I have a different, of course, I keep my pictures and the things that I love and my inherited furniture and, but it, it's different. That guilt was paralyzing to him in a way that I'm sure a lot of people can relate. So, and, and we'll go through the steps on the show, what you're supposed to do. If, if that, if you just heard that story and you say, that's my husband or that's my yeah. father or my mother, if you have, or you, yeah. if you hear this and say, I carry so much guilt on the way this house looks yeah. and the possessions that are in it, we're going to get to how to, to sort of tackle that. Yeah. Well, let's get, can we go, you want to go ahead and go through? Well, you had a number two. Did oh, you, we did, are we jumping no. back and yeah, forth? No, I didn't want to. No, let's go ahead and, and okay. hit those paint those, those points of how to work through that. Okay. Let's talk about if, if what I said in that story resonates with you or someone, you know, because you can be the person that I was, you okay. do not have to be necessarily the person that has the issue, but I guarantee you, you know, someone, it could be your best friend. It could be one of your children. Um, a separate story. My daughter is insanely organized. She will not let you walk in her room. She will not let you put away her clothes, but her, she has different issues. She has some control issues, like completely separate. It doesn't mean it all has to be about disorganization and guilt. You can have right. organization and also still have some fear and some trauma and some things. So yeah. totally separate. Let's right now work through uh, where we left off with the issues, the process to right. sort of go and organize these things. If you or someone, you know, needs that. Right. So, all right. Number one, I talked about the items that are harder to get rid of. Um, the number one reason 
even over guilt and trauma, the number one reason that we hold on to things is we might need it someday. Okay. That is just a, a blanket. There's no, there. I mean, there is a, then that's a little bit of fear-based. Mm-hmm. I might need it. So I'm afraid if I get rid of it, it's going to cost me money to replace it. And so again, there's th- that goes into lack and, and when am I going to use it? You know, have you not camped in the last 10 years, but you're holding on to all this camping equipment because you might camp. I, I get that. I understand it. But it also can relate to a, a space issue. If you've got it all neatly stored and organized and you have a camping bin, okay, it, it might make the cut, right? Of I might need it someday. But it's this edit that we have to go through. And it's very specific. And this does take a lot of time. A lot of times if you say, I want to clean out the garage today, it might not be one day. And that's also very challenging for people. Um, It goes into, that's one of the fears from decluttering is that you won't be able to finish. So what what I want you to do, step one, it's the same way that I go in when I said I, I work with my clients and we make a mission statement about how you want it to feel. Step one would be, what do you want your space to look like? Okay. And take this in small doses. I do not look at your house as a whole and say, what do I want my house to look like? That You can have an overall style and an overall feel, but I'm talking about going through room by room, garage, attic, bedrooms, whatever the area might be, compartmentalize it a little bit because it's not going to seem near as overwhelming as if you're trying to say, I'm going to clean out the basement today. No, you're not. No, you're not. (laughs) You're going to get overwhelmed. There's going to be one piece you're not going to be able to make a decision on. Maybe it's mom's table and you're going to get stuck on it and you're going to derail the whole day. Okay. Yeah. So little tiny spaces, make that mission statement. It may sound cheesy. You don't have to write it down, but you have to say to yourself, I want this clean. I want this organized. I want this decluttered. I want to make space. We Let's talk energetically. We all want just, you know, the more organized and the more cleaned out things are, the more that we have room, we have room in our, our brain. We have room in our energy field. We have room in our home. It all relates. So chances are you want it neat. You want it clean. Maybe you just want it decluttered a little bit. Maybe we're just looking at one drawer in the kitchen. What do I want this to look like? I want the trash out, the batteries that don't work, roll up the cords, right? We all have that. Okay. And how do you want it to feel? This is really, really important. I want it to feel cozy. I want it to feel organized. I want it to feel... I don't know, neat, um, minimalist. I mean, there's there's a ton of words that you can use. Uh, and so now we've written our mission statement. We're very clear on the area that we're going to start working on, how we want it to look and how we want it to feel. And so now you're going to go into, it's very simple, but when you're decluttering, you make those three piles, donate, save, giveaway, right? We've seen the boxes, you've seen the memes all the time. And that's a really good way to start. But the challenge is going to be what we just talked about. I might need this someday. It's a one of a kind. I can't replace it. So you could get derailed very, very quickly. And those are the triggers that you're going to have to look out for. 
Um, and as soon as you hit one of those fear-based, oh, okay, I, I don't think I can get rid of this. I might need it. The rest of the progress is going to stall behind that. So that is where it, it's going to take a tremendous amount of conscious time. It's going to take a tremendous amount of energy. You have to protect your energy while you're going through this. Uh, most of the times I would recommend starting this process in the morning and starting it after breakfast. You do not want to do something that's challenging for you on an empty stomach because you will immediately say, I'm too hungry. Find a distraction. I, I, I got to go. Meet right, my, I gotta oh, live. my God. Yeah. Hello. Yes. I, totally, yep. I do that with absolutely everything. I'm like, oh, I got to go eat. <laughs> yep. Take breaks. Monitor your energy. Um, and the minute you get overwhelmed, you're going to stop. And that may be it. You may not go back to it for weeks. And that's yeah. going to be where the really frustrating part is. Right. And that's going to be where your energy, your, your, your kind of mind is going to take over because now you've been stuck. I mean, maybe it's something as simple as beach chairs. Like I, we don't have any place for these and I don't have anywhere to store them. And I mean, I know it sounds so silly, but we need them for next time we go to the beach. And so you need them and you want to keep them, but you have no place and you're just going to get frustrated and they're just going to sit. And you make no forward progress in the organization, the decluttering, and you feel like you failed your goals. And what does failure feel like? Fear, shame, and guilt. And you can literally put yourself on this vicious cycle just by trying to do something good for your home. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's so true. So like with the chairs, you know, like if, if you don't have the space to store them and you only use them for like the five days that you're at the beach, you know, hopefully once a summer, you know, so what do you, do you just like let it go as a financial loss and just be like, you know what, I'll, I'll get them next summer or I'll get maybe cheaper ones and just, or I'll buy them at the beach when I'm there and then I'll donate them when I'm there. Or like, how, how do you navigate something like that? Yes. If you said in your mission statement, I need this clean, I need this organized. I've, I've, gotta, there's just no space. We just don't have the room. Then yes, they've got to go. And you would say, okay, I'll just rent them when I get there. Or yes, I'll go. Yes. They absolutely, you have to make that edit because you're not serving yourself right. by keeping those chairs. And another really big point is you don't have what you don't see. So let's say that you have Stuff all so stuck true. up in the edit. I completely understand. We have our Christmas decorations and we have our holiday stuff. And hopefully you've got that, you know, really nice and organized after each holiday. That is understandable because you are going to see that every year. I'm talking about the stuff that you've decided to keep that you truly don't see. If you don't see it, you don't have it. It, you know, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I talked about Derek and I'll use him as him as an example. Bless his heart. Okay. I can say that. Uh, he has a storage unit and to this day, I don't know what's in it. I won't go there. Like, I don't know. Every once in a while, he'll bring something home, but these are the things that he could not part with and knew that if they made its way to their, our home, it would be too much. But I'm telling you, it has been two and a half years. He has not seen these items. Right. We do not need these items. It yeah. is costing us a fortune. Yeah. And yeah. he yet will not part with it. He's not ready. Yeah. And this is his own guilt. It's his own uh, fear. 
I might need it. So he'll say things like, oh, if you can't find something, oh, it must be in storage. Mm-hmm. I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. Or are you going to drive the hour to the storage unit? But again, I <laughs> use my own example because I'm very good at the edit. I'm very you know, good at the organization. Right. And yet the person I love most in this world is not. Yeah. And so, you know, I can say that he yeah. has an entire storage unit. I, I don't even know. I have yeah. no idea what's in there and I will never know. Right. So, and, and that might be for the best. Um, one of my favorite expressions when I'm in the middle of like really trying to let things go and like purge my home and my closet and all that stuff is I just keep saying to myself out of sight, out of mind. So like, will I like, is this something that I will remember, you know, that I'll be like, oh, I cannot believe I let that go. Or will it be something that when it's out of my sight, it will be out of my mind, you know? And so I really try to just really attune to, to that feeling of, am I okay if it's out of my sight and out of my mind, you know, like, will I regret it one day? And, and then just knowing that literally things are out of sight, out of mind, you know, things like that, because if you don't see them, then they're not in your mind. You're not going to be thinking about them. And so you might as well just let it go and create the space that you desire. Open it up. That's all, you know, that's what you need. You need more, you need more. um, You think better that way. You work better that way. Your home functions that way. If you have children, trust me, they will function better without the clutter, without the stuff. Um, And if you have trouble with the edit, you have trouble. I mean, the number one way to organize is to declutter and decluttering can be the number one thing that we get really stuck in doing. And yet our space being a direct reflection of us, you know, you're not vibrating high enough. Maybe you're not manifesting, maybe, you know, all the thing, I mean, you know, using the metaphysical, maybe it's just too cluttered. Maybe it's just a a work product. You're not getting enough done. It's just too distracting. There's too much. This hits on so many different levels Mm -hmm. and yet it's just decluttering and why we can't do it can be a hundred percent fear-based. I want to touch on the most extreme fear-based and the word shame and hoarding really are synonymous with each other. Um, Hoarding can be this level of declutter or or lack of decluttering to an extreme. And I want to just touch on the difference between hoarding and collecting because there is an extreme difference between the two. So I think it's very relevant when we're talking about what we keep just to hit on the extreme, because I'm certain somebody listening to this is a hoarder, has a parent that might be a hoarder. I mean, we all get really frustrated and, you know, I'm in my forties. I mean, we're at the age where we're starting to almost take care of our parents. And so uh, let me just shed a little light onto hoarding. Okay. Um, It is always, and this is the difference between hoarding and collecting. Hoarding is always disorganized. Okay. So you can be a collector and a collector would be the polar opposite. A collector takes extreme pride in what they collect and it will be organized and it will have ordered placement. So you'll know, you'll know very clearly, is this a hoarding situation or are you a collector? And, and, you know, this is something that's very important to you. Um, Out of place items, 
that aren't taken care of uh, is definitely hoarding. It very useless magazines. There could be a lot of trash involved. They, you know, that's the shame part where it comes in. Like I'm collecting trash, but these plastic bottles, maybe I can recycle them. And yet they don't take them out to the recycling plastic bags. Um, you can truly hoard clothing. You can love it very much. You can, again, be a different size. You cannot have that edit, um, you know, every different season. I mean, it, it can be to the extreme and be a really, really big problem. Um, you can't organize categories. A collector will make very specific categories for all of their things. Uh, because again, collecting, there's a lot of pride in collecting. Uh, that is the polar opposite when it comes to hoarding. So it, it what a very disservice that you can do to someone that's a collector. You may think that their collection is extreme. You may think that it's too much or you're not interested in it or you're judging. Maybe it's your parent and you're like, God, why do you have so many trains. I don't know, you know, little, yeah. I don't know what it yeah. is, but think of a collection of something that you would hide. I'll use my own mother. She is a scientist. She is an earth scientist through, through and through, and she collects gems, minerals, and fossils. They're beautiful. I can appreciate that element of it. I don't understand her collection. It's extensive. She's an expert. I mean, it's, it, her brain is just fascinating to me. But yet she is a collector. It, you know, so my disservice to her would be, God, you're just hoarding all this stuff. Like that would crush her right. because she takes so much pride in yeah. what she collects just because I don't understand it. If I was to say something to her. Um, so knowing knowing the difference between the two can even help you to not hurt someone's feelings. Right. right? Yeah. If you're looking at um, excess of items, multiples of items, trash involved shame involved. They don't want you to come in. Um, of course, you know, that, that can look like hoarding. And right. I think, you know, there's a TV show about it. So yeah. we all know that there's a difference, but even when it comes to collecting collectors, they, I think I mentioned they have so much pride, but they also connect with other people. So collecting can actually be a really good, healthy thing. You don't have shame normally about your collections. You, you have pride and it can be a way that, you know, you find other people. Maybe you collect comic books and you go to that convention or maybe it's Pokemon cards. I don't know. I'm just throwing maybe it's Star Wars you, or, or Legos. You know, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is you collect, if you display it, it's not obsessive. You're proud of it. It's organized. You're a collector. And don't let anybody tell you different. OK, <laughs> you're proud of that. The hoarding is the other extreme. Now, you can just have some trauma issues and some fear-based issues without being a hoarder and just be a little bit overcluttered, mm -hmm. right? I mean, mm -hmm. it, you don't have to be the extreme. I said we would just touch on it so people would know the difference. Um, but it it doesn't mean that you don't have, like my my husband is not a hoarder by any sense of the word. He just had problems with the decluttering process because he had trauma over the loss of his parents. He lost his older brother uh, to cancer. He's he's had a lot of loss. And so getting rid of things for him feels like loss. Right. And so he struggles with, with anything. He just, he struggles yeah. um, with parting with things. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> and that's easy to like 
nurtured, right? You're like, yeah. okay, you, you, you hold on to what you need to hold on to, like, and, and, in baby steps, you yeah, get to it, process through, I mean, because to get rid of everything all at one time and be like, you have to get rid of the storage unit, like that in itself would be so traumatic for him. That would be adding more trauma to trauma to trauma. He couldn't do it. He couldn't, yeah. he couldn't do now what we can do is say, okay, let's start getting rid of it. So we're not paying on it anymore. Uh, let's take our truck and go over there and let's bring home 10 things that we might have a spot for. And wow. I guarantee you, I'm going to go over there and go, that needs to go to Goodwill. And that needs to go to Goodwill. We're married. He trusts my space. He trusts my judgment. I don't think we could have done that years ago. Yeah. I think we could do it now. Yeah. 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 So, and, and it's, you know, if you're doing this process for someone else, you need to know, you need to know that these are trigger spots. You need to know that it's fear-based. You need to know that that person is holding on for oh a reason yeah. just because you don't agree with that reason does right. not mean that that reason is not very valid for them. Yeah. So. I mean, you mentioned that about our parents and I mean, they're a totally different generation and, you know, we, we are the ones that are here doing the work. Like we can see things so clearly we, we are becoming more and more comfortable and familiar with the letting go process physically and energetically, emotionally, all that stuff. But for our parents, it's so ingrained in them, you know, like it's harder for them to change because they are older and they have their habits and their routines that are literally ingrained in them. But I've talked to more and more clients that are really in that struggle bus right now because we are beginning to take care of our our parents more. And it's like, well, what are we supposed to do with all this stuff? You know, like, because we just know as they're aging and they become weak, um, you know, they don't have the energy to do it themselves. It's like, what are we, I mean, cause we joke about that all the time, especially with my husband's family, like all their stuff. Cause they, they're collectors, I guess you could say they're definitely not hoarders, but they, they collect a lot of things. They hold on to a lot of things. And so it's like, you know, we, we joke all the time, like the, we're all going to have like one big yard sale right after they pass. But, you know, but really, like, would we? I don't know. I, I don't know that it would be that easy for us to be able to go through their stuff and just get rid of it. You know, like and, and the daunting job of that feels very overwhelming. So it really is like that in itself is emotional, you know, because you're just like, Oh, it's like this cloud that's weighing over you because they're not prepared to do anything, but you know, you're going to, you're the one that's going to have to deal with it. A lot of times I know this specifically with my, my parents, um, definitely my dad who's had some health challenges. He doesn't realize what his limitations are. He doesn't realize, you know, how much is in their home and how much is going to fall on my sister and I, uh, because, you know, even though his body is a lot different, his mind is not. And, and I think there's just the misconception aging that, um, it'll all be fine or it'll all be taken care. Of. I don't know. I mean, maybe, well, and, they and just you know, don't I think that realize we, it. I was going to say, I mean, like, and now that I'm aging, right. Like now that I'm 50 and I'm this old woman, it's like, I <laughs> totally get it. But Stop. I mean, like, I, it is like interesting because even though I'm 50, I don't feel 50. So even though they are, you know, in their seventies or whatever, I'm sure they don't feel 70 Correct. and they think Correct. that they have 
this whole lifetime to, to fix it and to do it. And meanwhile, time is catching up with all of us, you know? So it's like, so I think that it probably has a lot to do with that is they still think that they have plenty of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And unfortunately I've talked a lot about Derek, you know, sometimes you don't, we never know. It, it, it maybe is that cliche. You never know what tomorrow is going to bring just yeah. the saying, but it's so true. And that doesn't mean that we get rid of all of our stuff and live in fear. That's not what it means. It means you make that mission statement. You look at your possessions. You look at what do I want this space to look like? How do I want it to feel? I mean, even your parents can say that it because do you want it to feel cluttered? Do you want, I mean, even, you know, think about another space that, that the public wouldn't look at coming into your home, like your friends, like your linen closet, right? Do you need 40 washcloths or do you need 10? Right. I mean, these are the things that are, they will make a really big difference. Um, just having the edit with every single thing. Again, it's not feasible to say, I'm going to clean out all these areas of my house. The the linen closet, maybe that's Monday. Maybe one drawer is Tuesday. You have to take this step by step and you have to be respectful of your partner and you have to be respectful of your children. I Both of my children are polar opposite. My son wouldn't pick anything up if it was on fire on the floor. I mean, he's just he, it, it, everything just hits the floor and it's a mess. And yet I can barely walk in my daughter's room. So you have to know everybody else's um, fears. Her fear is I'm going to touch something and, and, and she has some control issues and, and it's all fear-based and we're working through those uh, and we need to. And yet my husband has some fear issues on the other side. He's terrified. We're going to get rid of something that he might need yeah. and therefore he'll hold on to a lot of clutter. So yeah. again, just using all these different examples to show you, it can be a million different things, but it all stems down to fear. It can stem from joy. It can stem from memory. It can stem from trauma. It can stem from guilt. It all stems somewhere deep inside us. Absolutely. I know when we moved, um, we've been in our new home for two and a half years now. And when we moved from our old house that we were there for 10, 10, almost 11 years, um, I was so excited for the moving process, the building up to the moving process. So that, cause then we got a big ass dumpster in our driveway and we just purged. I was like, nothing is coming into this house, this new house that I do not want. And, you know, that did not have that energy and that frequency of what I really was wanting to bring into this new home. And, oh my God, it was incredible. And then at the same time, like I could probably, now that we've been here two and a half years, I could probably rent another dumpster and fill it back up in the two and a half years that we've accumulated things that, you know, which, you know, there's definitely some things that came in that I was like, oh, but I'll probably use this here, or I'm not ready to get rid of this or the emotional attachment to family or whatever. So it, it is amazing, like how fast it accumulates. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. It does. Because it, I'm the same. We moved two and a half years ago. And we're busting at the seams with stuff. So I'm just, um, yes, like you absolutely ready to do a big purge. And my situation's a little different because we're renovating right yeah, now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. everything feels 
way more cluttered than I can even handle. I mean, I'm almost having trouble with my energy right now because I mean, there is a foosball table sitting in my family room that does not belong there. Like there's stacks of boxes. There's, you know, when you're renovating a whole level of your home, everything has to go somewhere else. But the energy of that is driving me a little bonkers. Right. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, One cool thing that I think, because I'm just thinking of this in our conversation is um, they have these little, it's called a Baxter and you rent oh, a Baxter. Yes. Yeah. You can yes. rent a Baxter. It like comes in the mail. It's like yep. this big tarp kind of thing that, that you comes in the mail, fold it up. You put the Baxter in your driveway and you can have it for like two weeks, I think. Yep. And then you hire, you know, it's like connected with the payment of the Baxter. There's a Baxter company that come and will pick up the big, yep. huge ass trash bag. And so it's a lot cheaper and smaller than a true dumpster in your driveway but the baxter and to see that shit being towed away is like the best feeling in the world it is but it's really interesting like when if you know that you have some purging to do if you just said you know what i'm gonna get this baxter and i'm gonna give myself two weeks to go through each room and to just really put in that bag just knowing that that is is just there and I can pour into it whatever I don't know whatever I don't want anymore and just to let it be gone like that to me feels so good Mm -hmm. I agree I agree when we moved now Derek had a big house and again raised his kids has trouble purging we did five bagsters when wow. he moved five, oh, but it was gosh. necessary. Right. And I will say, I always give him credit. You know, he was a partner in a law firm, raising two small children by himself. Closets just got closed. Stuff got stuffed in drawers and it just got stuck. I mean, he just, when, when we were moving out of his house, I mean, we were purging and, and getting rid of them Fisher price toys and yeah. his kids are now in their twenties. I yeah. mean, it was just. And again, it was just a situation of time. Right. He's a single dad coaching things, two small children and working 70 to 90 hours a week. There's no, yeah. sometimes the, the house just fell by the wayside. So like but for he, me, when I hear you say that about the Fisher price ways, like a couple things, one is, oh my gosh, but my grandkids, like I want my kids to, to be able to watch their kids play with some of their favorite toys when they were little, right? Like that's yes. going through my mind as soon as you yeah. said that. But hello, newsflash, there's so many new cool toys and technology that is coming. <laughs> like you don't, yeah, like your kids do not, like your grandkids don't need to, you, this is you overthinking, right? Because you're holding on to the memory. Right. And you want to give that memory, which is a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to your child and your grandchild. I will tell you. My mom and I was a huge Barbie girl. I was, I just, the Barbie, I had it all. I mean, I played Barbies for hours. My Barbies, I loved them. And my mom saved my Barbies for my daughter. And here come the Barbies. And I'm telling you, she picked them up out of the box, like with stank face. Like, like, they don't look the same. Their hair's all matted. It's like, they're not, they were mine. She has her own Barbies with silky hair now and new clothes and the clothes don't even look the same. The buttons and the snaps were all falling off. Yes, they meant so much to me. 
And she just kept them all off to the side and played with hers. So what right. we thought was going to be this beautiful thing. So my mom held it. Yeah. He could have cared less. Yeah. Didn't want them, you know, off to Goodwill. They ended up going. Oh, I, mean, I know. Was, it was exactly what you just said. And I have that perfect example. I mean, she yeah. just was like, what are these? I'm like, right. These. Well, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Even with my daughter, Sophie, she is a, loved her Barbies too. And so when we were moving and just, you know, going through stages of clearing out, even before we were moving, it's like, all right, I know this is one of your favorite toys. What are we going to do about it? Do you want to keep it? Do you want to sell it in a yard sale? Do you want to donate it to a friend or like, and so it just even teaching your children at such a young age, like the process of the letting go, you know, because there were so many Barbies that had that emotional attachment to it that we would, you know, for her and me that we would play so many Barbies, you know, and, and when it was time when we just weren't playing Barbies anymore, it's like, okay, do we let this go? And we do have like a little um, bucket that's got like probably 10 of her favorite Barbies you know, ones that we yes. just were not willing to let go of and some of the favorite outfits and, you know, just little things like that, that if, if you can't let go of the whole shebang, because you don't have yeah. to, yeah. you know, then it's like, well, what do we want to hold on to? You know, like what? And is- that's the edit. That's a hundred percent. Yes. That is going through and say, um, there's some other questions, you know, we talked about what do you want it to look like? How do you want it to feel? But when you're truly decluttering, hold it up, hold up that Barbie, hold up that toy and say, does this spark joy? Does this hold such a memory that this toy will go the distance or this item or this table of my mom's like, this is, does this spark joy? And do I love it? Does she love it? Because as parents, we're making these decisions for our kids. Does it work now? Does it work for my space? Does it work to have a place to be stored? And those are just deeper questions and, and write those questions down. And as if you're having trouble with the edit process and the decluttering process, there's nothing wrong with saying, I struggle with this. I hold on to too much. I'm going to take these steps. I've got to write my mission statement because I'm going to lose track of it. I'm going to get stuck on the second item and I'm not going to be able to get through this process. Therefore, I'm going to stay stuck. My energy is going to stay stuck. My space is going to stay stuck. And that's not what I want. You have to fight through this on some level. Um, If it's energy work that you need to do, go do some energy work. And on a separate note, I didn't even realize this was going to happen. I did a Zoom the other night and it was some astrology work that I just find fascinating. And we ended with some Kundalini yoga and we did this amazing energy release And I immediately jumped up and completed two projects in my house, like out of nowhere, just hanging some pictures that had been sitting it. I, I, and again, I've been looking at them for probably three months. I need to hang that. I need to hang that. I need, I don't even know. And it just, I just jumped up and I went, Oh my God, I've just released something. I had some tears. I didn't even know it was in there. And two, one was a a work project that had been sitting, pushed off to the side, piled up on the desk. And I immediately just started working on it. And I ran in my bathroom and I hung all the pictures and it was just like, it's all energy. It's all stuck. (laughs) And you don't even realize it. And I can realize it. I mean, I'm pretty good. I can tell you my house is under construction and this energy is driving me crazy. And 
do the energy work. And, and that's where you come in and the guidance and, you know, I can come into anyone's home and I can show you how to organize and I can hold your hand and I can guide you and I can buy the rugs and remodel the kitchen. And I mean, there's a million things that, that my gift is going to be suited for, but I'm, I'm not necessarily going to be suited to break these energy bonds, you know, and some of this can be, um, give me the correct terminology on this one, but some of this can be, you know, trauma bonds from past lives. Some of this yeah. can be just stuck energy that you don't even know yeah. is, is in there. Um, that scientists have said specific to hoarding that there is a genetic component in there. Well, to me, if I look at that spiritually, that means there's some sort of trauma bond with holding on to all this stuff that may not even be conscious to you. Right. So, I mean, there's so much more on a deep dive. I'm oh, not yeah. a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm a designer. I'm religious. I'm spiritual. I understand this stuff really well. You know, I have some gifts of my own and I'm, I'm a born teacher. So, you know, I'm here to, to use all this and to pour this knowledge out and hopefully you know, help some people where they, they say, Oh, that's why I'm holding on to this. Or yeah, now I need to clean out the pantry or I, whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah. You know? Cause it, it is all, it's all connected. I mean, it's how many times connected. in a day do I yes, say that? It all is connected. all connected. Um, ah, oh, it's so, I mean, I just thinking about like the vibe that I wanted from this new home and the way that I've allowed it to happen because, um, I just, I like, I was totally comfortable having a very minimal home, like having like no couch or no pictures until I had all the things that I like, I really, truly, truly, truly wanted. Um, and so I just think that that's a really important aspect of, you know, of being patient. And when you are shopping, like wait for the things that really light you up and, and then spend the money on the things that, that really bring you joy. And like, I have those angel wings up in my, oh, my main living yes. in my main living room and they're huge. And that was such a big splurge for me because I don't usually spend money on things, but I saw those and I was like every single day, these wings will bring me so much joy. And so I just like did it, didn't think twice about it. And every single day I look at them and I'm just like, he, he, they bring me so much joy, <laughs> you know? And so it really is about that is like yeah. cultivating those, that deeper relationship with your home. And, and because your home is so sacred, it, it is. is so sacred. It's where all, it's where we spend the most time. It's yeah. where our energy is grounded and you have to write that mission statement. And uh, let me just touch on another aspect of this. Again, we, you know, we don't have enough time to go through all the trends and why you follow this and why you follow that. But I will say following trends, it can be really fun. It can be, okay, this, you know, is trendy and I have to have it, but still ask yourself, why am I following it? Because I truly love it. Or am I following it because I'm following a trend? And if you're mm -hmm. following a trend, is this fear-based? Is this because you want to look like someone else? Is there a comparison trap in there? Yeah. Um, I, there's uh, someone in my life and her home is immaculate. It is a showpiece. It could be in a magazine. 
and she will swap out pieces. You know, we always kind of joke, even with her, like, oh, you're getting rid of all the 2022, all the 2023 decor is coming in. And yet I know personally, she struggles with extreme anxiety, um, probably some touches of depression. Like there, it, it's almost a showpiece and she'll say it's, uh, it has to be this way or I don't feel in control. And she spends the majority of her day making that perfection and seeking something that is lacking deep within her. See, so you can even look at what someone else has and and, and there might be a big hole in here that needs to be filled. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can't have a beautiful home. I'm just saying there is so much more to this. Um her home does not look lived in. Her husband jokes they can't sit on the furniture. Again, she's got a, a different level of control because she suffers from anxiety, which is fear, yeah. right? And so, yeah. so many different things. Um, yeah. Again, this is a surface touch. You know, the deeper dives would almost be for a psychologist. This is what I've seen over 23 years, the people I've helped. I've given you personal examples. It touches every single one of us. Yeah. Um, but I definitely want to leave and, and kind of wrap up. And this is something that my platform sits on as a designer. And my platform is called Status Life with Lita. And, and the question I ask and sort of my mission statement is, ask yourself, are you living in status quo? And, and what does status quo mean to you? It means the mundane. It means to me, um, you know, the definition of it is just kind of stagnant, yeah. right? We're just, we're just going through the motions yeah. and stagnant, you know, here in the spiritual, the people that are listening to this understand this really well. Are you living in fear? Are you living without being able to take the risks? Is it a design risk? Is it a career risk? Is it a love life risk? I don't know. I don't know yeah. what your risk is, yeah. but I try to lead my life always attacking fear. I always want out of the status quo. And so as a designer and a person who blogs and who has this, this big podcast, so I have this platform to teach. I just try to empower everyone listening to say, your home does not have to look like anyone else's. You do not have to follow the trends. You absolutely can keep mother's table in the kitchen. You can keep anything that you want to keep. Um, I urge you to energetically not have the clutter because that affects a lot of other things, but you don't ever have to look like anyone else. You don't have to look like their clothing. You don't have to look like their home. It, it's all the empowerment to just say, I mean, I, I'm a designer and I break all the rules. I love antiques. I, I just do. I have the most unique one of a kind pieces decorated all through my house and it doesn't look like anybody else's and everybody can do that too, you know, and, and ask yourself, why am I following the trends? Is that your hobby? Okay. That's great. If it's healthy and that's what you love to do, then by all means you have permission to do it. But if you're doing it because you're afraid, you, then, then we got some different work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That, that is so good. Cause I was thinking like, cause my sister is a professional designer and organizer as well. And every time she's here, I'm like, can you just decorate my house for me? And she's like, no, don't you want to part? I'm like, no, like, you know, my style, you know what I like, just do it for me. Like, and so I, 
she always is like, but you need to be involved. And I'm like, ah, but do I? <laughs> so that's like a whole other like piece of it of like honoring, like I care about some of the pieces, but I also kind of want it done for me. And like, that's I, okay. I, yeah. Yes. So I want somebody that to do okay. my style and be able to, cause I can't pull things together and make it all like, like make it all right. perfect. And so that's where someone, a professional really is so good because they can pull it, pull your style in and make it done. Absolutely. And, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. Again, the vision is my gift. The vision yeah. is your sister's gift. Like we are in this profession because there is something that we see, whether it be color, whether again, proportion, style, um, she will listen to you when you say, I want it to feel like this. And then let her go do that. You don't have any attachment to right. that, right? You love your home. Yeah. You love your space. But wanting it all pulled together, there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. It's it's more of when, if there's the attachment issues and you're not able to move forward and it's yeah. very stuck and you're yeah. saying, no, I don't feel that way at all. I'm firing right. on all cylinders. Yeah, and I want to spend my time doing something else. Way more fun over here. You have the gift of design. You just make this look amazing. There's right. absolutely nothing wrong with that yeah. at all. Yeah. You yeah. know, so let her. Yeah, that, her that was just me confirming how important yes. working with professionals sure. can be because you do have a gift. Yeah. You know, like, and so like allowing that space to be able to, to go, you know, to someone else to use their gifts, you stick to your gifts, let them stick to their gifts. So, well, thank you so much for this conversation. Um, this was so fun. And I'm really thinking about getting that Baxter um, in the next few weeks and, right? and just I could do doing another purge. It feels, so that feels really good. Mine is a real dumpster, but again, it's construction and I, yeah. there's just so much and the dumpster's gone. And I just, I looked at Derek and I said, I'm I just out of frustration. I said, I'm getting a dumpster. He goes, okay. I said, no, I, I mean, I'm getting a dumpster. I can't handle this anymore. But it it chalks me up. I can just yeah. tell the little kundalini. I just did a little breathing exercise and I was immediately firing on all cylinders. Oh, I and love jump, that. you know, so I can't yeah. I'm gonna do some kundalini the the morning the dumpster arrives. Yeah. And I'm gonna run go. around and, <laughs> and do all the things. So it has been such a pleasure. It, this is so fun. And I and I love again just being able to share and teach and and pulling together what I know about energy and fear and being stuck and my profession. It, it's beautiful when they marry and I can really um, even use myself in, as an example to 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 help people and to teach people. So it, it, I hope even if they just get something eye-opening that yeah. then our oh, job is yeah. done. So many good nuggets in here. So thank you so much. And I'll make sure I have all your information and the link to your podcast in the show notes yes. and all that good stuff. So thank you. I love it. Thank you, Vaughn. Okay, Appreciate bye. Right, bye. I am so grateful you played in the cosmos with me today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you left a review so other open-minded souls can come along this quantum healing journey too. I am most active over on Instagram. So come find me at Vampiro and say hello. Talk to you soon.